Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas Kelepouris. Uh, I'm an associate partner with McKinsey & Company based in the Athens office. And um, as you've realized, there was a slight change of, uh, of, of schedule. So I took the last 20 minutes. Um, although originally I was planning to talk about banking, then I thought maybe I should switch to, um, to shipping. Uh, then very soon I realized that the only relation I have with shipping is the fact that uh, once a year I rent a boat during my holidays, so I fall back to the original plan, so you'll have to bear with me. I'm going to talk about banking after all. Now, the other interesting fact is that uh, my presentation is the only thing between uh, uh, dinner and, uh, and the forum. Uh, um, however, unfortunately for you, for you, my flight got cancelled, so we have uh, the whole night to speak about banking, so uh, let's get to it. Now, um, I want to uh, build on what uh, the, uh, the previous panelists uh, talked about and the, uh, the prospects of Greek banking. Uh, and more specifically, I want to uh, provide some perspective on the upside that we believe exists in Greek banking, uh, both the, uh, the bank CEOs, uh, but also uh, uh, the, the CEO of HFSF uh, alluded to uh, prospects of uh, ROEs uh, well beyond um, the you know three or five percent where that we currently are, but more around the area of ten percent. So I want to uh, share that perspective. Now, uh, before going into the uh, specifics of the banking numbers, just to establish the positive momentum that we see in the economy, uh, just as uh, as a recap, uh, GDP has uh, recovered, and we're now talking about a uh, sustainable two percent, including also the projections going forward. Uh, at the same time, uh, GDBs have, um, uh, and the yields on that have dropped significantly, which is a big evidence on the restoration of uh, the confidence in the Greek economy. Uh, and at the same time, real estate prices have recovered uh, to the extent of roughly 10% uh, since the all-time low uh, back in 2017. Um, which provides evidence that we are in a recovery path. And this is also uh, reflected in the leading indicators that uh, one would look into for the, uh, for the banking activity. Uh, starting from consumer confidence, um, the, uh, the trend is clearly uh, uh, recovering from the uh, all-time low of 2015 uh, as a result of uh, that year's uh, events. Uh, and uh, the contrast uh, also versus the European average, which is now declining, is um, very striking and uh, very strong uh, evidence of the momentum that exists in the retail um, uh, market right now. Um, on top of that, uh, tourism momentum has proven that uh, the growth is sustainable, and we're talking about a steady 7% year-on-year in terms of uh, arrivals, and the number is even bigger when one would look into the, the revenues for that. Uh, and finally, just as, a, as an indicator, the uh, return of foreign direct investments, uh, which has steadily increased over the past three years, uh, with uh, the real estate investments over the past year fueling even more, that growth. So all of that provide the basis for the growth uh, that uh, we, uh, we all believe in the, the Greek banking system. Now, before going into the future, I just wanted to spend a minute to, to really establish what, what has happened in the past. Uh, and I think the picture on the left is, is very familiar to probably uh, uh, many of you, which is the negative returns on the Greek banking system uh, over the past few years, which has just started to, uh, to recover. Uh, but uh, I wanted to uh, emphasize on the right-hand side. Uh, the major driver of that, th those negative returns has been the cost of risk in the bottom of uh, the right-hand side. 
Um, and this, of course, is uh, the result of the high MPs that the Greek banks have been carrying, uh, which, uh, as the panelists elaborated earlier on, this is uh, being addressed, and we expect that to be radically reduced. Now, what's interesting, and I want to build on that further uh, uh, later on, is the top part. And you see there that um, the Greek banks have been following a different path with regard to their cost structure uh, compared to the... Um, uh, to the uh, uh, peers at the European and global level. Uh, the cost to asset uh, ratio has been uh, increasing rather than decreasing, which uh, in our uh, perspective uh, is an opportunity uh, that I want to uh, elaborate in a bit. Now, let's take a look at uh, what the future might look like. And uh, I want to start from, from the basics of uh, what we consider a given. Uh, and uh, we believe that from a current 3% uh, ROE, that uh, the banking system has, with the announced measures and with um, what would, we would call the inertial um, uh, actions that one would take, uh, not only in the uh, revenue part, taking uh, into account the market momentum, but also some incremental cost measures, we consider a, an ROE in the, in the area of 6 to 7%, almost a given, uh, assuming that we believe the macro recovery and the effective delivery of the NPE plans of the Greek banks. Now, let's see what it would take to go beyond that, because we do believe that Greek banks should aspire and are, is feasible to reach something uh, which is uh, in the area of 10% or more. And uh, we believe that this would be along uh, uh, four main pillars. Um, the first of that would be to capture that um, cost structure uh, gap that um, I alluded to earlier on. Uh, there is still a lot of potential into achieving the next level of efficiency the Greek banks. The second one is uh, taking advantage of the underpenetrated portfolios. As we will see, uh, the Greek banks have not made the most out of the uh, huge customer bases that uh, they currently uh, have. Uh, the next one is additional market pools. Uh, what we consider non-bankable may not be as non-bankable as, as we think. And finally, taking the next step in managing cost of risk. Um, you might um, heard uh, earlier on that the plan is to uh, recover um, and uh, uh, bring cost of risk back to sustainable levels. What is sustainable, I think we could even cut by half or um, uh, even more uh, if we apply the right techniques. Now, let me spend some time as to what these opportunities entail, right? And let's take them just one by one. I'll start from the cost structure, and uh, starting from the left-hand side, in terms of the cost to assets that I mentioned, currently Greek banks fall short approximately 30% from what would be the European average in terms of cost to assets, which means that they have not uh, spent enough time, and rightfully so, because they were dealing with the MPE problems over the past 10 years, to scale down and reconfigure their operating model to match their, uh, their size. Right, this is what this picture says. And what the picture on the right-hand side says is an additional evidence of uh, why this has not happened. And when we look at the digital penetration uh, of, the, uh, um, uh, of the digital channel use in the Greek customers, we will see that approximately 30% of the Greek banking customers use actively uh, digital channels, and only 5% of sales take place um, in, in digital channels. These are very um, far off from uh, the, uh, the, 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 the clear countries and what would one would aspire. 
Uh, and to our view, this is clear evidence that the, the Greek banks need to set the bar higher in terms of the cost efficiency that uh, they need to achieve, which is a major lever if we want to take that step forward. Uh, I'll move to the next one, which is the uh, taking advantage of the underpenetrated portfolio. Uh, and here we're focusing on uh, income from uh, non-interest non products. And just as an indication, uh, focusing on uh, the categories also that the CEOs alluded uh, earlier on, uh, the penetration of bank assurance products is uh, uh, two to five times less than the European average. And also, if one compares the penetration of uh, investment products and mutual funds uh, between uh, Greece and then Italy and Portugal that we consider comparable markets, there is also a significant gap. Now, if one would capitalize on that uh, with systematically addressing the portfolio, also in light of a negative interest rate environment for the investments part, then one should aspire to almost double the income from these type of um, products. Uh, there has been a lot of discussion about credit growth and uh, the effect, the, the, the fact that banks would probably focus in their existing portfolios uh, and the well-known players out there to grow. Uh, however, we do believe that if we are to capture that next level of growth, we would need to open up a bit the horizon. Uh, and what would that, that entail? The, the first one, the first bucket of opportunity would be what so far was considered the non-bankable customers. Uh, and maybe we need to change our perspective in terms of what is non-bankable, and maybe we need to change uh, the, the methods and the mechanisms in which we underwrite um, these type of opportunities. And this could be these startups, this could be companies active in the shared economy uh, spaces, uh, and uh, companies generally that would beg for a different way to go and underwrite credit risk. The second one uh, is foreign investors. Um, I've, I've, I've shown earlier on the trend of uh, foreign direct investments, uh, and if the Greek banks were to capitalize on that, they cannot afford to ignore that. So they need to adopt their way of approaching that opportunity and making, uh, uh, making it possible to underwrite that type of risk. And finally, expanding the, uh, the ecosystem and uh, taking a supply chain perspective, providing value-added services across the supply chain uh, to capture players that currently might not be in their uh, radar. <clears throat> Finally, I'll move to cost of risk, and here I might become a bit uh, technical, so bear with me. But uh, what I wanted to stress is that um, deploying advanced analytics and the latest trends of technology would bring cost of risk much uh, uh, lower than what even the banks are now communicating, the post-securitization cost of risk. And how would that happen? So if we take it as an example on the left-hand side, the current underwriting practices assuming on an average 10% bad loans on the underwriting. If we deploy automatic and advanced analytics methodology, this would allow us to do the following. 40%, um, and these are like just illustrative numbers, would go through automatic, straight through processing uh, of the easy cases. And the easy cases would have something like 3% cost of risk. Uh, the rest of them would go in the bottom part with, through a credit officer with machine assisting um, uh, underwriting. And the result of that would be something around 12%. 12%. Now, the result is that the 10% that we originally had now uh, ends up being eight, which is a 20% reduction of cost of risk. Now, 
uh, the immediate reaction is, yeah, is yes, you know, the machine does better underwriting, but that's not the essence of the value creation. Uh, what the machine helps you do is that you take the capacity of the credit officers and you deploy it real, where it really matters, right? Let the machine deal with the easy ones and keep your capacity on the bottom part to what really matters because that 12% would be 20 if you didn't put the right people on the right cases. Now, all of these factors, we do believe that if, if properly executed, would yield um, uh, benefits and upside that would bring the ROE, uh, depending on the bank and uh, the, the success of the execution, uh, around the 10% mark. Now, just on, on, on the final mark, let's uh, take a, a snapshot of how, what the execution would look like, right? So how do we capture that? And for that, uh, I just wanted to uh, stay on, on four pillars of execution. The, the first one is the differentiated servicing model and the omnichannel approach, which uh, although the banks have started to, to implement, uh, there is still a lot of uh, room to, uh, uh, to grow uh, in, that, in that area, which means that uh, they would need to think uh, again how they approach their customers, how they service them, what's the most cost-efficient uh, servicing and coverage model per customer segment. The second one is advanced analytics, and we've heard that um, um, very often in the Greek market. However, the maturity of and the use cases that these are now applied uh, are still far from what we've seen um, that the international banks are doing and the value they're yielding from that. And this could go all the way from the credit underwriting that I mentioned earlier on uh, to um, uh, collections uh, or operations efficiency that yield true value. Next generation operating model is reinventing how you really do uh, the fundamental of your day-to-day -day operations. And for this one, I will borrow an example from the automotive industry. Um, the Greek the, sorry, the German automotive players back in the 1990s, when they realized that they have reached a plateau in terms of their operating efficiency, and they were uh, receiving a lot of pressure from the Japanese uh, competitors, they realized they need to completely rethink how they uh, design their assembly lines. And this is when they moved from the SASHI-based assembly lines to the modular assembly lines. This is what the Greek banks and banks in general level we see at an international level do, right? They need to modularize and think what are the non-value-adding standardized activities that they can package and centralize uh, so that they achieve economies of scale. So we need to think, like, do we really need to be doing KYC internally? Do we really need to be doing AML? Um, and all of that, uh, or maybe you know we need to rethink how we approach that. And least, uh, last but not least, uh, also it was uh, elaborated a lot earlier on, a digital transformation. So all all four banks have uh, embarked into that, um, and uh, the challenge here is uh, to go beyond the uh, uh, the the fundamentals and the obvious uh, wins in terms of. Uh, digitizing some customer-facing activities, but really, but really redefining how we operate also uh, in the end-to-end uh, -end operations and transforming the operating model of the bank end-to-end. -end. So um, with that note, um, we do believe that uh, there is significant upside in the Greek banking system, uh, and we do believe that uh, you know, following the 
MPE resolution plans, uh, there are great prospects in the green banking system and uh, capturing the growth opportunities and reinvesting those into transforming the, uh, the Greek banking system uh, is the way to go. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you.